Yo, have you heard of LinkedIn Learning? If you haven't, LinkedIn Learning is an American massive open online course provider. It provides video courses taught by industry experts in a variety of subjects. Now, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because Living Corporate is in partnership with LinkedIn Learning to provide diversity, equity, and inclusion courses. Listen, if you're trying to be a better ally, you want to understand better diversity, equity, inclusion strategies, or you just want to learn how to be a better leader, you got to check out the courses on LinkedIn Learning. So check it out. You can do it one of two ways. You can click the link in the show notes or you go to LinkedIn Learning and you search Living Corporate again. Link in the show notes or go to LinkedIn Learning and search Living Corporate. I'll see you over there. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Saturday. My name is Vonda Page and welcome to the new group chat on Living Corporate Network. And this show is a new show that we are calling Radical Disruption with Vonda Page. And what this show is going to focus on is we are really going to be talking about how to disrupt the status quo, how to win the tech corporate game your way specifically. So starting this week, I'm also going to be doing a second version of the new group chat. And like I said, this version is going to be called uh, Radical Disruption. And today is the first day of a five-part special edition um, with Sana A. Khan. And we're calling this Radical Power, Winning the Tech corporate game your way. So first and foremost, I want to say hey to my new friends and colleagues, Sana Akon, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Thank you, Vonda, for having me on your channel. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm so I'm so glad to have you. Um, you know, we have been um, talking, you know, about a lot of these things that that we have in common. And so I'm very excited that, you know, we really put together what's basically going to amount to a masterclass when it comes to, you know, really how do you navigate right as a black brown woman, right, in tech, in those spaces, in that environment, how do you navigate that? Because we know, right, that everything is a game. And you had this amazing um, quote that I can't remember uh, where, where I actually put it, but you basically said in a nutshell, right, that there's games happening all the time. Right. When you're talking about work, you're talking about corporate, you're talking about life. And, and what we have to do is figure out what works for us in terms of how we want to navigate that game, how we want to play that game and use all that. Right. Dependent on who we are and what we're trying to achieve. So before we even get into any of that, you know, um, just, you know, give a little maybe just a little background, you know, around um you know, how we met, you know, kind of your story from the standpoint of why we really need to bring this conversation to the forefront with people. Right. No, thank you. And that was an excellent introduction. Uh, how Vonda and I met uh, was very fortuitous, in my opinion. Um, Vonda and I have both been in the tech industry for a while, uh, but also finding and having found our own paths. Um, we First, we're introduced through um, third person. I was talking to another uh, collaborator and uh, she mentioned that she, you know, had works with certain coaches and certain people that are powerhouses and uh, speaking engagements and keynotes and so forth. And, 
And she mentioned, um, you know, uh, Rhonda in that conversation. And then in a parallel conversation with a completely different environment. So that first environment was very focused on uh, being within corporate, right? All services that sort of facilitate corporate are speaking the corporate language, um, regardless of what aspect of corporate you're in. There's a language that comes with it, right? Um, which we will talk about I mm-hmm. think, as well, Rhonda and I, through, through these five sessions. Um, but on the other side, there was a, a conversation with a very different set of collaborators uh, that are speaking a different language, you know, um, and that language is one of um, seeing corporate as it exists, right? Um, but then also seeing uh, what are some of the things that specifically uh, brown and black women, brown and black men, brown and black people end up going through or seeing as an additional lens on the corporate system. Um, and it's really refreshing to be with that group as well. And then Vonda came up through there. In fact, we were specifically introduced said, Hey, son, I would love for you to meet Vonda. So Vonda and I just, I think we just knew that, yes, this is definitely something she and I are in sync on and it's bringing us together. And, and here we are. I love it. Thank you. Cause I was trying to remember, cause it's like, we, we have so much in common that, you know, you have yeah. these different circles, right. But, but bottom line is they're all radical circles, right? Because if we're yeah, talking yeah. about, you know, um, how do we bring, um, you know, uh, equity and inclusion into organizations or whether we're talking about our own experiences in organizations or we're even talking about navigating those different experiences in different ways, right? Because we are at a right. point where this reckoning is causing people to be more honest, to be more um, outspoken, to be more visible, to be more radical. And so I I, I love I love all of this. So, you know, I think, you know, what we had talked about as far as like, you know, things we want to dig into. Right. We want to talk about how there's a balance of it. Right. So say a little bit, you know, if if you think about, you know, at a higher level, right before we go, you know, we don't have plenty of time to deep into it. But if you think about if you had to encapsulate for someone that is less, I I like to use the term like a a new college graduate or early career person, let's say 24 year old, right? Young woman, right? Of course, you know, she had a stellar academic career, her undergraduate, right? And, you know, she had an amazing internship, yada, yada. So now she gets her first, you know, big opportunity and she's ready to step in the doors of a big tech company. Mm -hmm. So if you put that hat on, talk a little bit about, you know, maybe like that journey as you see it, but from a decision making standpoint, when we kind of talked a little even yesterday about realizing who you are and in consideration of yourself. So just, you know, like, like just free flow and just, you know, give, give your, your thoughts around like what that, you know, kind of looks like what you've learned, you know, over your experience. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, so I wanted to start with a couple of points because uh, I love the title of your show and actually Wanda and I, you and I, we didn't discuss this, you know, beforehand or anything, but um, when you connect the question that you just asked about what, you know, where the mindset that a person is in, uh, when they first join the tech game, the focus is very much often on the outside, on how people, you know, when you're 19 to 24, 25, 26, 28, 30 even, right? 33, the focus is very much generally on the outside. 
And that has a lot to do with how we're brought up uh, to play with society around us. We each have mm -hmm. a certain personality, a certain makeup. Then we have our parents and our immediate family. We then have the community. We have different levels of society that we exist in and that we create identity, our personal identity on based on being in relationship with that, right? So if I were to give you my example, uh, and when I think about when I entered, you know, big tech, it was really around, I would say 25, you know, uh, 24, 25. Now I'm 38 and a half, turning 39 in a few months. Um, and, you know, I, I think about what I was like at the time. And there was a certain natural energy about me that I was bringing, which I often see on LinkedIn. And when I speak to men, you know, people that want to be mentored and they reach out, um, it's a very natural fire. It's a kind of energy and a drive, right? And it's very, it's defined by a personal person's own sort of what their makeup is. What I find happens when you enter a big company is that you're looking to retain authentic self because that's such a, a buzzword these days, right? Authentic self, right? It's constant coming up in corporate. Bring your authentic self. Live with purpose. Live with power. Bring your personal power. Um, you know, and and perform in that way. So there's such a focus on that, mm -hmm. and I think that makes it a little tougher because I don't know about you, Vanda, but when I was coming into tech at that time, authentic self wasn't so on the forefront. It was barely even talked about. Um, which is just about, you know, it's about 15, 20, 15, 13 years ago. Authentic self has been coming up a lot more in the last four or five years. Definitely. Four, four to six years, you know, which makes it harder because, and this is a key principle that I think a number of people are now seeing, right? Who are even in, in the spaces that we go in, but even in other spaces, you'll notice that when you have to map to one culture and that culture is very uh, upfront and directed in front of you, then it makes it easier for you to figure out what your game plan is going to be to, you know, you'll get the right advice. You'll just speak to some people that are already in the industry. You're probably also parents. You might even want to rebel against what they're saying <laughs> just based on personal relationships. Um, and, you know, you'll, you'll create an amalgamation of stuff based on what you've learned and where you want to go. And you'll start employing that based on what you know of what people are saying they want. So if they say, hey, if the power dynamic that you're stepping into, which is what it is, you know, any culture has, um, it doesn't have to be a power dynamic, but generally in the way societies have come to relate, it becomes a, a kind of a, yeah, okay, you are coming into this, right? It becomes a central thing. If it is, uh, you know, just, hey, we want you to perform so you can generate, help us generate revenue. This is going to be a role. And they might highlight you a little bit. You have these skills, you're amazing, et cetera. But the focus stays on, the business, right? It stays on that you're there to generate revenue. Then things I feel are clear. Now, the thing is we want as black and brown women and especially, but as people of color in general and as women in general, and also you'll, you'll notice if you're not the standard uh, white male kind of, you know, um, uh, demographic that's entered that persona, then you find out very quickly that, okay, I'm going to have to figure out how to deal with this. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not maybe being treated the same way this other person's treated in this, in this, you know, happy hour or in this meeting, or it could be any forum that you start figuring this out yep. very soon after you join. Right. And um, then you will have questions about, you know, diversity, inclusion, justice. Uh, what is fair? What is equal? What does it mean for you to not have to hide yourself? Because over time, what will happen like, so right now we talk about what they should, what should be top of mind for people who are 
in that, you know, beautiful space that, I mean, I think back to when I was 25 and mm-hmm. damn, I mean, I'm not that I'm less powerful now. I think I'm more in awareness of my power, but damn, I was powerful. Like there was a fire, right? And people had a different reaction to that fire. And I wasn't aware of how bright that fire burned mm-hmm. um, or in what ways it was burning. Cause I was, you know, still learning to get to know yourself. You're learning how people see you, right? And you're learning how you see yourself mm-hmm. and what is that dance going to look like? Mm-hmm. And so in the middle of that, if authentic self, which is what's happening now, becomes such a big part of the conversation. And now yep. you have corporate saying, hey, be your authentic self. Um, which is what is being said and also what many leaders are desiring, right, in corporate for that authentic self, for that passion, that purpose. But you're someone who's, you know, new in the system and you're learning the game of what is really desired from you, which is helping generate revenue, right? Um, Then you now have two different cultures to manage. And so I feel this is very important because even if we want the culture, the core culture to be based on diversity, inclusion, justice, et cetera, and equity, uh, just because it's the right thing to do, that might not be the case. And there's going to be players that want different things in that process, right? So I would say that, like, this is a very long way of answering your question, but I wanted to describe some of these pieces. Because even if you're playing that game of revenue generation and meeting requirements and getting the certifications and getting your skills and, and doing all the stuff, that you will, you know, they'll tell you you're required to do this. And the more mature a company is, the more their enablement team is solid about saying what they want from you. Right. Um, and then there's the culture of like, you know, being a great representative of equity and justice and diversity and all that, which you're going to have to be as well. If you want to play the tech corporate game to go up the ladder, then the other piece then becomes, okay, well, as you playing that game, you might start hiding who you are more and more. You might show visible aspects of yourself. So you might not straighten out your afro. You might not, you know, wear uh, skin brightening makeup, right? You might wear straighter clothes. You might play the game in that way. Um, or, and you might still speak loudly, right? Uh, by showing up as what you would look like naturally. But there's still something happening inside you because you're constantly caring about what the, the, the environment around you wants out of you. Yes. And what happens with that, you know, bringing it full circle is your show. And then I'll stop, which is uh, when you say radical disruption, when I was in grad school in, and this was 2007 and uh, the professor called me into his office and he said that, you know, there's been reports that you are, um, you tend to, you tend to create disruption when you bring up topics this is a man correct right this is a man right it it was it's a man and i wanted to make sure time there were women yep yep it was a it was a white man and he and i are still you know in touch and i could go to him and say hey this happened and you know he would say yep yep i wasn't you know great about that um but at the time he was managing different groups that we were all organized in and i was as the high performer that i am that a lot of people on this call that are watching this uh, this video stream are going to be aware of. Um, you know, I was, I was in a course that was basically in a graduate program where people were on the second and third careers. And here is a 24-year-old, you know, waltzing in with, you know, her, her hair and her looks and her smarts and her international experience. 
And it, I think, set some people off. And so a lot of my attention as a follow-up to that for the next 10 years went on how to make people happy and how to make them like me while continuing to still be powerful and do what I need to do. And I realized that now that disruption is fashionable, right? Uh, and there's a difference between being disruptive and disruptor and disruption, but that difference is nuanced. And that, disrupt, that, that definition is based on who's in power, right? And who's determining the culture. So if you look at your title, it's so apropos because I got to be in that class because one person, a female, said that I was, I brought a disruptive energy because I kept bringing up what was not working with the topic um, in terms of people of color and people that are international and the view that they were taking. Um, and it stuck with me and it hurt. And these things will happen and you get to put them in their place, which is you are powerful. You are as you are. The energy you bring is unmatchable in many ways. And it's what's going to serve you because it's that energy that got me to being a master architect without having an engineering degree in the background, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll pause there now because that's, that's really the kind of balance that's required if you want to win the tech corporate game. Look, and you, everything you just said, literally for each sentence, we could have a three-hour conversation about every freaking... Look, Erica said, wow. Because literally, Sana, everything you're saying, and I have random notes all over but i want to just start with because i think this this is like makes a lot of sense right so if we think about the intro to what we're going to be talking about and you know you said it from the outset right of our authentic self and so i started in the dei space this is going to sound crazy as heck in 1996, because you know I'm 52, I have no, yep. I have no shame in my game. I tell people yep. I'm 52 year old lady. I was born in 1969. Yep. I graduated high school in 1986. Post graduate 97, 87, blah blah blah. But long story short, I was in graduate school uh, from 95 to 97, and then the second part, um, I took a whole series of courses around. Organi organizational dynamics, organizational communication, diversity in the workplace, diverse teams and all that stuff before it was even a thing. Because the conversation in the business world, right, in the MBA kind of thing at that time was, you know, really understanding, you know, all these different um, frameworks, right, around TQM and, you know, uh, PMI was just really, everybody was like, so yeah. this is 20 years ago. I mean, like, it's a long time ago, right? Yeah, I have my but, PMP too. No, no right? I have my PMP too. That's why I'm laughing at that. <laughs> right? And so, and so, incredible. <laughs> right? And you think about like all this time. So, so that conversation about the authentic self, it was never, it was always corporations need to be more diverse because diverse teams get better outcomes. Nobody has ever right. cared about that. And so to your point about being even be, your point about being a disruptor, it it that's based on who is the person in power, because everybody who works with me and for me, I, I tell people like this. I I know the things I do know. And what I know right. as me being me, I, I am an expert expert absolutely in change leadership, change management. How do you do that within the technology frameworks, any type of technology from a fax machine to a cloud solution, cybersecurity. I know all that stuff inside out been doing it. But yeah. if you're talking about what that whole experience 
right is when you are a leader, when you people in your team can say, hey, I think that's a dumb idea or oh, I love that. Or, hey, do you mind if I add this and that? I tell everybody right. working with me, I only know what I know. And I want right. people who know more than me about everything. Now, if one day right. I meet somebody that knows more than me about change management, I'm going to be trying to figure out how do I hire that person? Because to right. me, right. you learn and grow through other people. And there's no one CEO, CIO, architect, developer. There's no one person that knows so much about everything that in in a in an organizational setting, that power doesn't have to be concentrated at the top, which kind of goes to what right. <laughs> Farzine and I talked about, Farzine and I talked about earlier today, yeah. right? Is the whole power dynamic yeah. thing. So this piece about having the ability to actually bring yourself to work. So your outside, perfect example, right. you said like straightening your hair. So I stopped straightening my hair right. in 1999 same year I got married. That's a whole nother story. But because um, it fell out, but you know, but after that, I was like, why am I doing my hair like that anyway? I never, I mean, because you know, to have, when you have a tight coil like this to try to straighten it and to change the whole, it it ruins your hair. Right. And so we all, we know that. Right. But I was doing it for the first, what, 30 years of my life, not first 30 years, but, but the first 10 years of my corporate career, why? Because yeah. I can't look too black, right? So I right. can and to your I point, be and too to black. Your, to, and to your point there, it's interesting because, and this is such a, it's a spectrum on one hand, and that's no excuse for what happens, which is, you know, I'm, I think what really shocks me uh, since about 2015 isn't the fact that there are people who don't want to go in, in deeper and do the work, you know, to get rid of the lenses, or at least be able to see the lenses that they have of whiteness and blackness, right? And I often say this to my white colleagues and white friends who, you know, we have a lot of mutual respect. We've worked together. We've been through crap together. We've uh, seen jobs go up and down. We've seen lives go up and down. We've seen marriages go up and down, right? At a very human level. And my point is, is that it's not about a white person or a black person. It's about blackness and whiteness. That's right. And we are all victims of thinking because people who are brown and black end up self-shaming consistently, especially women from the angle of beauty, because we were told that beauty, whether we're actually told it or not, it's always there. Oh, you cool. You work here. Um, are you single? Or are you married? Mm-hmm. And usually they'll ask a guy, you know, what do you do for a woman? They ask, are you with someone or not? And the reason why this is so important is because the question we are first asked, ends up coloring the lens of how we see ourselves. So women will often see their value, or if you're more effeminate looking to, you know, culture, um, regardless of your gender, first thing you think about, am I successful in my personal life? And then add on that, yeah, but that's not enough if I don't have a career. If you have a fantastic career and you've been playing that game well, then it becomes, well, I bet my personal life is not in good shape. So when we're always in this place of not being enough, and that's happening anyway with everybody. And we're not even considering blackness and whiteness on top of it. You're talking about your tight coil hair. My hair is like, you know, beat sexy hair when it's not done, right? When it's not blow dried. And even then, because I used to swim so much and it became so frizzy, I've been getting my hair done every 10 days. I, I get blow dried every 10 days since 2008. And I only stopped two years ago. 
that I don't need to do this to look professional, that I don't need to do this because I, I used to go into customer meetings and feel like it's just going to be one more thing why I'm going to look like cray cray to them, why I'm going to look like a whack job to them, and they might not, might not take me as seriously. Say and it. When say I shake my hair, it gets it out of the way. Say that it. I'm too much. That I'm say too powerful. Too yeah, much. That, I, that I'm, that I'm going to be too. I'm going to be too much, right? And this is my response here, and this is for everybody on the call, but especially women. The first response we have when somebody, when we realize that somebody's gaslighting us or hurting us for their own benefit, whether they're aware of it or not, is at first, like, oh, I'm, I'm too much shit, I'm too much. I need to stop being so too much. Physically, everything, you know, um, especially for women because we're taught not to take up space. Then the second level becomes, if you become aware of it, your response is one of hurt and anger because anger becomes your defense against feeling that pain, feeling ashamed for losing, right? There's a reason why we, why we use the term winning because winning is a trigger word. Um, in actuality, life isn't really about winning and losing. Life is about being, right? That's really what it means to live. But we get into this game of winning and losing. And in that game, we don't let ourselves feel our anger and therefore our pain, our humiliation and therefore our pain, right? And our sadness. When you feel that sadness, the first thing that will come out, which I started realizing last year, was when I heard too much, my first response would be, I'm not too much, you're not enough. And I wouldn't say to them, but in my head, I would think it. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it became more compassionate. It became my love, I'm not too much. I think you might not be enough in your own eyes. And then it became at another level of awareness, when someone else sees something in you that they don't like, it's not about you. It's about something they see in you that they desperately want, but think they don't have, number one. Or number two, they see something in you that they know that they have, but they haven't accepted or embraced about themselves. They haven't gotten that part of their journey. So when somebody makes it about you in the tech corporate game, yeah, you're going to have to respond to feedback, say, yes, of course, I want to be, you know, I want to be responsive to feedback. I want to put into action. How do you suggest I put into action? And you do every, all of that, but you always remember that you get to pick how you're showing up. If there's a problem that you see, look into why you see that as a problem, right? And if it's a problem somebody sees with you, let it be theirs, right? You do your thing. Hold yourself to your own integrity. So that's a very critical point in overcoming this. And finally, I got to a place where I said, when someone says, oh, my God, you're too much, I say, no, I'm not too much. I'm just right. And so are you. And I'll support you in getting there. Look, you. I didn't but know we was going to church today. I didn't know <laughs> my Pakistani sister. <laughs> so naturally. I didn't know my Pakistani sister was taking me to church because you just said so much there. Like you, literally, you just said so much. It's like this is just. I mean, everything is a hundred percent spot on. And the thing is, right, creating this awareness, right in people who look like us, right? So that they can wrap their minds around this, right? Erica said it, right? right. It, it should be um, a t-shirt. I'm not too much. You just not enough. And and you know what I was thinking about when you were talking about, you know, the reaction of people to you. And I'm still hung up on this um, professor dude, you know, that said you're disrupting. Like, I'm we'll, address, we'll, we'll be, get there. We'll get there. That's going to be in my, in my little mind for a while here because I'm just like... And, and so it, that whole thing about 
feeling um, confident because I believe that what happens is, and Erica, y'all jump in. Tell me what you think about this. I think that as a, at a very young age, and I don't know when it happens, is it four or five mm. or six, when something it's in early. a girl shines out and other people can see it at a really young age and they say, huh, right. she going to be trouble right. or she too much. Yep. Or, but but it's some, it has to happen small. And you know why I think it happens when we're little yeah. and we don't really hear it? Because so early, we are already conditioned into let me not be too much. Because I'm going to tell you, I always, I never wanted to have straight hair. I never wanted to wear, you know, a button down mm. uh, shirt, khakis and um, loafers to work. Who wants to wear that? But in 1999... What is everybody in tech wearing? So how, to your point, how is the black woman going to come in, you know, yeah. with earrings, braids, and a shirt and bright, like, I, I can't come to work like this in 1999 when there is no other black people even there, period, except right. for maybe, right. you know, the facility staff or maybe a receptionist, you know, that's a, a contractor person. And so we... Right. we I think that they see yeah, that you don't see as part of the core culture. Like if you're consulted, they'll like write you off uh, a little bit. If you're from Accenture or from a, uh, you know, you're from a consultancy company like McKinsey or something that they hold in high regard, then they expect you to emanate that culture, you know, um, of, of what, you know, if you're not part of the FT, the full-time employee model, to your point, right? So it, it, you kind of become outside a little bit. That oh, this person has some learning to do. They have some learning to do in terms of how to grow in this culture. Right. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when they say play the game, they mean play the game means get in line with the way that you show up for women, especially it's don't take up space. So, which is why, you know, have your set women um, end up making people so uncomfortable because women are not supposed to take up so much space. We're supposed to stay within certain limits. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When I feel like I need to flex in my life, I will gain weight. Like, I won't say on purpose, like, like, I don't think I like be like, oh, I'm going to put 10 pounds on. But, but like, when I feel like I need, like, like I'm being disrespected. Some or gravitas. Aren't, yeah. Yes. I, I yeah. will. And I'll end up gaining because I, I, my weight fluctuates, um, you know, and I'll end up gaining because I, I feel like I need to be bigger. And so I'm a, I am love working out and people who know me, I, I used to be before COVID, I was addicted to Orange Theory Fitness. And I and I like conditioning and classes where I can see myself exercising next to a 28 year old and I'm doing 30 push ups and they like struggling on number seven. So I like that kind of stuff. Right. So for me, yeah. when I have um, a, a option, right. Or an opportunity to to flex, I have to do it within my own body and with my own space, right? Because yes. I can't show up at a meeting and, and say, and, yeah, and stand on the table, right, and say, look, y'all better listen. I right. can't do that. You can't do that. We have and to you, remain. You're the one that you once said it to me on on one of our calls where you don't, you know, when it comes to weight, especially because it's something that comes up a lot when you're talking about button down shirts. I at one point really wanted to try button down shirts because. I, I used to envy women who could wear them because I have a you know bigger chest and I was like, you know, I'm always afraid the buttons popping or splitting, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, how big does a shirt need to be for, for me not to be concerned about that? And this was something that I, I remember thinking about when I went to my first interview um, when I was 23 years old and I went to the consulate back then for my first interview. 
And I was like, oh, you know, this is much more, you know, foreign service officers, it's an embassy, etc. Wear something that's a little more like, you know, a, like professional, right? And I think what's really interesting about this is that, to your point, what I want, because there's so much intelligence out there now, there's, there's so much information, and people and women have become so aware of this now. And I'm so grateful that I see so many women who are younger than you and me that are actually like getting there sooner and seeing, oh, no, that's a story. You know, I can wear what I like and I can be a genius. Um, I can wear what I like and I can Machiavellian about how I approach this and mm. also love my baby or love my family or show up for people, right? Whereas our choices were very limited in the way we were being essentially gaslit, right? Mm -hmm, With mm -hmm. the paradigm that was being set up, right? And that still exists, which is you can do this or that. And now it's kind of been hidden and saying, oh, you can do it all, but just at different times. And you can do this and you can take maternity leave. You can do blah, blah. True. But even with the biggest problem in the United States right now, for corporate especially, is that there are companies that don't even give you vacation days anymore because you can just take as many vacation days as you want because they know you're not going to take that much anyway. Because you're going to be so concerned about, you know, like they know, they've seen the stats. People barely spend their vacay time because of perception around you of people thinking you're working or working it up. How much weight are you pulling? Right. And think and about that. What you just said. <laughs> for black women, especially for brown women. Yeah. It's right. Terrific. It's really, it's really bad. It's really bad because it's not even called uh, labor in that sense anymore. Right. I'm being careful with my language. And when it is called that, and I say this because having been born in Pakistan and lived for the first 19 years of my life in Pakistan and having been to a Pakistani school, a British school and an American school, and with all the stress that exists, I somehow was less stressed inside uh, than how I'd been in the States over the last, you know, I would say 15 years leading up to the time frame when I decided to, you know what, I'm going to do things differently, which was New Year's Eve last year. Um, and I realized that this, the reason I'm carrying so much stress is because of the multiple realities and cultures that I'm managing and having to go between. And my body's like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You are this one person that's yeah. centered with your core, you know, with meditation and yoga and breathing. And it's all centered here. What are you doing mapping so many cultures, but also spending so much time working for it? Because if you map to many cultures, I was all very proud of that. Because as a Pakistani, there's a Muslim culture that I map to um, that, you know, might wear like their you know, hijab, etc. Then there's an upset of a culture that I map to that's more liberal. Um, there's just different cultures out there. And I fit into each of them. And I'm very proud of that, to be liquid like that. It's yeah. a big scale, especially growing tech corporate, right? Because you're going to see different cultures there too. Um, but and not even just with the internal team. But with your customers, right, there's a certain culture that each of those companies have that you get to abide by then or figure out how you're going to manage and, and dance with. So when you have that many cultures, if you have more time to yourself to do your thing, then it's fun, actually, mm -hmm. to observe and to get fascinated and respond and, you know, like take interest and have like sip your latte while you observe these cultures, right? Uh, the human experience. That's a different experience than being at the mercy of it continuously and all, all, always and mm -hmm. feeling like you're dependent on it to be successful and your meaning, your life having meaning. 
So that's, I think, the main problem that's happening right now. Because these things might or might not change. We get to choose how we want to be in relationship with them, right? It, because just because we said we want allyship, it might, not, it might not happen. I mean, you've been at this game for how long? You said 19, late 1980s, 90s, right? For now, 2020. Yep. It's going to take its own time. Right? Do you want to waste your life? I don't, right? I know you don't. And I think people on this call probably, or this web stream don't want to either, which is why they're here, right? So... And I love what you said, you know, about and I don't I don't know where it happens. Right. Like where you get to the point where you say, nope, you just say nah. Right. And you say you say I love you. Thank you. You say I love you. Thank you. And and you and you and you get to where for me. You have to choose yourself first. But I think yeah. kind of back to women not being allowed to take up space, right? Having this, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, way that we have to, we view ourselves, right? Through all these other mediums right. coming at us. It, it's like, so what do you do? And and it's so, I, I use, um, right. my, my therapist, his name is Charlie. I always tell everybody, my, my therapist's name is Charlie because I talk about him all the time because I do a lot of deep work. And we use this term, we started using it like maybe January, conditioning, right? We are all yeah, so yeah. conditioned Strong in different ways. Yeah. But the conditioning that mm-hmm. happens for us, so in, in the layers, back to layers, right? I had a con this morning, mm-hmm. Farzee, we were talking about layers. So you're mm-hmm. talking about your layers of your identity, but then your layers mm-hmm. of your environments and the experiences mm-hmm. in which you find yourself. And when you're in those experiences and those circumstances and those environments at every juncture, it's almost like moment to moment, from minute to minute, from meeting to meeting, from day to day, from project to project, who am I going to be right there, right now in this moment? Can I be my authentic self or at what percent? Can I be, I can always look like myself because now on Zoom and, you know, virtually, I think probably a good bit of people who may have had the external concern pre pandemic, right. they probably are a little more comfortable, yeah. right? Because I've been seeing, and I bet you've seen yeah. way more women now wear, rocking their natural hair, yeah. wearing hair wraps, braids, yeah. protective I love styles. It. I mean, I like, I, and, and one of the things I love, I love to see devout Muslim women with their stuff in the background. Like, I, I, I want to yep. see every person celebrate who they are. Yep. Period. Like, I love that. So, yep. so what do you think that but switches where where you where it clicks for you and mm. you say I'm going to choose myself right and what aligns with with my core and my center what is the thing that helps mm. it click because a lot of us you know not me yeah. and you but a lot of us right we're not there yet so maybe take a few minutes and talk about you know talk about that a little bit and then I want us to get into you know what some of the other things that we're going to talk about, but, but maybe just give everybody a sneak peek mm-hmm. on how that it, the, the switch happened. And you, one day you said, yeah, hmm, I care about me and I need to do something differently. So I, I've come to realize what, an, I mean, this is the question, right? It is the question because even if you're going through that switch, you're, you might question yourself like I did over and over again. Um, 
you know, uh, whether you're looking at from a zodiac perspective or psychoanalytical perspective, whatever your way of, you know, understanding personality is, um, I'm definitely one of those that overanalyzes, like a lot of women do, you know, that we've been told to and trained to um, before we take leaps, right? We don't know how to just wing it or, and we're learning now that we can just wing it. We always yep. know how to do it. We're just so good at it that there are others who are afraid of us winging it because we'll, they're ass on the ground, part of my French. But I yep. think that's not, it, it doesn't have to be like that because I think if they gave it a chance, they would see, oh, we really want to play. We really want to play together. We want it to be a win-win situation, right? But fear holds people back. Um, and I think to your point, the switch happens. So there's two switches that happen, right? And the first switch is I think even more important, which is when you, or maybe three switches. There's one switch when you're a child, like I think about 60% of your personality, according to the reports I've read, is somewhat, you know, already in shape by the time you're two years old, right? So a lot of that base conditioning will be um, what's been going on at home, right? And what you've been seeing happen around you. How do people uh, love each other? How do they show love? How do they express? How do they creatively express or lack thereof? And how do they resolve conflict? How do they get past conflict? A lot of that, whether it's inside themselves or outside, right? And I think that is a lot of what we take on for the age of two, which is why, to your point, for those of us who are fiery and passionate and might have seen some conflict in the house before a certain age, that is part of it and parcel of our work in parallel and why we question ourselves even more on the way when somebody says, hey, you're, you're X, Y, Z. Well, the reason why we question ourselves so much is because we are afraid that we can't trust ourselves because of what we took on from our environment. And that takes also that deep work, like you said, to resolve, Right. Uh, or to at least get to a certain level where it doesn't stop you from continuing to live your dreams. You can just keep doing that work, keep clearing, keep clearing, doing your, you know, movement. Movement helps you clear out shit yes. energy, right? And it's all useful, but everything when it's outlived its use becomes dead weight. And so mm -hmm. you've got to let it go. And so there's a process of letting it go. Now, the moment when that switch happens, in my opinion, is nothing that fancy. It's that either you just had enough. Something snaps, like for me, it was when I got hit by a car. So alongside the work journey and whatever was going on there and, you know, getting bullied, whatever else, which there was a period in between that that happened as well, which helped me learn a lot about myself on why I'm choosing to show up so small, right? Um, even while I was performing at amazing numbers and meeting all the requirements and so successful, et cetera, et cetera. Why was I in my head? I knew in my heart that this is small. And so not because of ambition, but because of sometimes you just know when you start becoming aware of that knowing that you had earlier when you were a child at two or three, and then again at 19, 18, when you start being like, oh, I want to do this in life, right? Or um, when your personality starts coming out, that element starts waking up again. And if you are in a situation where you kind of feel stuck and it's good, but it could be better, and you don't quite know how to move forward and it's not quite worth the effort or, you know, to keep going down that path and it doesn't seem worthwhile to you and you don't know how to change direction. That is the moment. That is the moment of switch. And it's not actually a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. For me, it took me a year and a half to get to the point where I was like, okay, yes, now I can do things differently. But I was already doing them differently each and every day for the, a year and a half before that. And I was getting the signals outside me of what's working or not working with how I'm showing up. Right. And that automatically, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a gift 
what'll end up happening is that you'll start automatically showing up a certain way that's different. You'll wonder what's wrong with you. You might even not like that about yourself. But the people that like that about you and the businesses and the clients, mm -hmm. they'll gravitate towards you. They'll give you that feedback. You know, they'll mm -hmm. let you know, wow, there's some really cool change happening to you. Those that don't like you will become more silent and will start falling by the wayside or will start distancing themselves from you. And what I've learned through that is not to pull. When you are in the middle of that process, which so many people are in the middle of right now, I just find out found out two more of my colleagues, you know, left their corporate gigs, right? The, whatever, whatever they were doing there. And I said, do you have another job lined up? Because that was always a practice one. As you know, get a job, <laughs> and leave a job, right? Right. That was always the case. That was, it was a stupid. Always. Thing you don't leave until you got something lined up. That's you right. Something else. Yep. And Give you two weeks. Are doing something very different. Mm -hmm. Yep. People are doing the whole, they're doing anywhere from like giving a month's notice to a week's notice and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. Here's the backup, whatever. And then not having anything planned after that. That is a really special moment because you are choosing to leap into the unknown. Choosing to leap into the unknown. When I wrote a letter of exit, to one of the companies I worked at, I used this term in the end, right? It's about leaping into the unknown. Why? Because that's when you choose to trust yourself. That you won't go, you won't become destitute. You won't become broke. You, you won't be out on the street. You, it's not that you had it in the past. It's not that shit didn't happen before. It's just that you already got this far where you could give yourself that choice. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't go back to corporate then, right? You can always go back to corporate and get another job whenever you want, right? Um, and the point isn't to limit yourself like that and make it a binary thing. This is good and this is bad. No, leave it open. Let yourself explore. Let yourself be in that switch because that switch isn't just one moment. The switch is still happening for me. Mm -hmm. It started two, three years ago, and it's now starting to get stronger in vibe because I can take on more. Right. Meanwhile, the switch is showing benefits in other ways. I chose to leave my job or whatever my career was at that time, at that moment, as master architect. And I felt like I'd only achieve what I wanted to achieve on that level, frankly. I was at that place where I was like, I want to bring this excellence to all areas of my life. So I moved out of New York, which I was struggling to do. I was stuck, but I had to get rid of 30 years of stuff before that. That was during COVID. I went on a cleanse to clean shit from my energy and my body that I felt like was holding me down. I then got real with the partner that I'd been with, who I was, we were on a break or breakup rather, full breakup. And I said, you know, I, I'm, I literally made a reveal. I'm like, I'm now in the business of being clean for my king. That's literally what I said. And a month later, he proposed and we got married three weeks ago. And in the middle of that, I was in the process of building a relationship with his son. Uh, and also dealing with my family coming over. And the game that I'm playing now is that I get to do this call, this web, you know, view with you with Vonda, such a powerful woman and such a powerful person with a great audience. And my mom and dad who were, you know, had COVID and my dad almost passed away in Pakistan are right now sitting in my living room. They live at my um, husband's place, which is across the street with his house. They're visiting us here in the house that I bought and paid for when I moved out of New York. We set up both houses and this is the life we're living. And his son is sitting with us and hanging with us because this is his home. So you get to choose, right? Very simple thing that I laid out here. It doesn't look that complicated now. It looks very base, but it takes so much to build it. 
And we get to bring that excellence in every area of your life because when, when sometimes when you're stuck in one area, when I couldn't figure out my relationship stuff with Brian, with my, with my husband, then I moved my energy to think about something else because I was just spinning my wheels when it wasn't the right time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then I started focusing on something else and elevated backing. When that got to a certain level that I could maintain it at, right? Then I started looking at the next thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not about saying I'm not enough. No, you're enough. You're enough for more. And there is more. You're always enough. You're just mm -hmm. playing a bigger game. And mm -hmm. a bigger game could be, you know, adding more pillows to your bed or, you know, and making it like, have a different color scheme. Or it could be changing the relationship between Abrahamic faith people in the world. Your game can be anything. The goal is, are you up leveling yourself from your own eyes, not from somebody else's eyes? So I'm going to pause there because that for me is a very critical point in this. Um, it's why I struggled with women in tech, women in tech, because asking women to just go for tech, whether it's their passion or not, the thing that's valuable in all of this is our creative intuition because tech keeps getting more and more automa automated. I used to be in, and I still am in data and AI, and I have a strong interest in quantum. Now there's space, right? And quantum has also led to a lot more advent in space. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at that relationship there, um, as you look at just the tech industry, you, you learn a certain set of skills. Like Vonda, you were talking about different, you know, software, hardware programs that you became specialist in. After every two, three, four years, that thing that you learn becomes automated. You have to grow your skill to the next level, right? The thing that doesn't get automated as well, and that the, the best minds are still not fully figured out in this world, is your creative ability, is your emotional intelligence to translate into creation. So really owning that, especially for women, many of us tend to be empathic. Many of us tend to have very strong intuition because we've come from very difficult environments where we learned how to guess what's going to happen next or be able to play chess with ourselves. We can use that in a different way. Rather than downplaying ourselves and putting ourselves into a hole, we can elevate that game and take everyone with us, right? By using those same skills that we learned in trauma. So how do we make that switch that happens by first seeing, hey, I'm stuck. I'm just, I, and it's okay I mean, that I'm stuck. You know? I, I love that. Right. And the thing is that, I mean, you, you, you said just so much there. I mean, you said so, so many points. Um, I, but, I did fire you, know, you. I'm sorry for that. I you did. And I, I mean, I have so many notes, like I'm like, I'm gonna, it, but, but this is good because what we're doing is we are going to, you know, um, give people right. Uh, a preview of what to expect. Right. So we're going to be talking about, four different areas right um so you know because when you think about the game and you said you know you 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 already alluded to the different pieces right so whether we are talking about from without right so seeing the outer right, right? so which is how we'll start because if you think about the field right so any game right it's a court it's a field you know there, there's yeah. a, a setting right to understand yep, absolutely right and to be aware of Right. Um, Kaylin, you are too loud. There is a field to understand. Right. Um, and, and then you have to understand the players, but not only like your yourself and who you are. So to your point earlier, right, about when when the, 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 the switch finally flips or how that goes through processes. So we see ourselves right at different points in time. 
based on what we are experiencing. So not only are we bringing right everything, I, I've been like trying to figure out a way to like, you know, put it into um, some sort of quick way, right, to say it. So I've been saying uh, stress, mess, trauma, abuse, and drama. Mm. Like, because like mm. literally, like this is what we, this is what it is, right? It's mess yeah, that we that. can't, that yeah. we didn't cause and can't do nothing about stress. Or just clutter around us, clutter, clutter, you know? Right, right. And so when we get the opportunity to really look at ourselves and say, what what serves me best, right? What makes me yeah. um, able to be my best self and how do I actually do that? And and can I do it, right? Um when once I examine the outer and I see what it is and I look at who I am and yeah. what I'm doing, if if it's not yeah. going like that and it's not melding and integ- integrating, right, then right. It, it's never going to work, right? It, it's never going to work. So we have right. to continually um, uh, examine, right, ourselves and 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 yeah. and grow and and kind of like if you think about a strategy or a roadmap, right? You don't say, oh, here's our yep. plan for. 2027 and you never pull it out you should be using that and updating it tweaking it and balancing it right I love what you how you talk about balance and I can't wait to like get in into that more but when you're integrating right you're trying to balance right and so you'll know that you are winning when the integration is there and it happens and you feel it. Like you and I had this conversation without putting our business out in the yeah. street. You know, we talking about like, like weight, right. And eating and being intuitive yep. and being in touch with your body. Oh, well, yeah. the more integrated all of your stuff is right. Your stuff, yeah. the better you feel, yep. the more, the better you sleep, the more healthy you eat, the way yeah. things things flow. So then when you're really winning, when you can, right, create with purpose and power, right? So when you can say, yeah. I'm going to be intentional about the things I want to build, yeah. the things I want to develop, the things that I want to do. And and just kind of, you know, as we kind of have only like a couple of seconds left, the, the point about when you think about what that looks like, and you think about back to what we talked about earlier about being too much, people telling you too much, you too much, you doing too yeah. much, blah, 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 right? Own it. Yeah. Own that. You got to own it. You will own crack it. at the seams. You will literally start seeing that. I think that's the other point. So I didn't finish the car story and I, I didn't have time for finishing that. Well, actually, I don't want to finish it right now because I want to go into it. Um the switch story, you know, because it was a few years, different moments where, you know, I'm a stubborn little shit, right? So I wasn't paying attention or I didn't want to see it. And things just kept coming at me for me to finally look at it and be like, oh, okay, fine. What do you want me to do? But I think the, the two summary things I'd say are in the own it to your point, right? Um, sometimes we think as women that are so many elements and so many amazing things that somehow something outside us is the way to be when we already have everything that anybody else could want. And so that doesn't mean we go and become less humble, but because we're already, we know it that we're so great because we're scared of it. And we're scared of it because we know it's uh, something that Mary Williamson really says. I don't know all her politics, but I know that I love this sentence, which is it's not, um, it's our light that we're scared of, right? We're scared of how much power we have. But the thing is, and this is something I realized about two years ago, which is that maybe living powerfully for me 
and charting these new paths that I do like so easily. Like, yeah, okay, let's go do this. Um, and that's my strong suit. I have other things that are not so great, right? Like being on time. I'm not the best at that. I've become a lot Me better, either. but I blame my South Asian background, <laughs> but it's not good because there are a lot of people in South Asia that are very good on time. Um, but my point is like those things that we only to work on and those things that just come naturally innately to us. And what happens is when you're not owning your power that you start almost cracking at the seams. It's literally like at some point bursting out of you. And it'll come out in either anger bursts or emotional bursts or blame towards yourself or blame towards others. And it's a lot of energy that doesn't know where to go. And sometimes game that you thought was not for you because you were going to play the other game that everybody else liked. Mm -hmm. Maybe that powerful game was made for you anyway. It's easier for you than the normal, like the standard game, because that's just who you are. Right. So if it's already easier for you, just do it because you don't know where it's going to take you and it'll surprise you. And I often think about failing because you've been trained to fail. But what if I fail? The part about failure there isn't about, oh, pass or fail. It's that what if I'm delusional? What if my reality is wrong? What if I'm getting carried away? Mm -hmm. What if I find out later that it was all BS and that I was just supposed to walk the normal walk? And check in at nine, check out at, well, I guess 9 p.m. Because it's not 5 p.m. for anywhere anymore. Um, but I like, you know, you, you, what if I was supposed to do that? In my case, what if I was supposed to just stay married the way I was married before or stay in that arranged marriage? And I wasn't supposed to marry this, you know, white man that I've married now, right? And with all his background and everything, if I had, if I had thought that that is just the way I need to be, it was only when I said to myself, hey, you need to, look at why this path keeps feeling enticing to you and why is it that it's not as hard for you sometimes playing the more powerful game is just easier for some of us so we just play it and see what happens you know and that's that's your point about just do it that's the just do it principle to let that voice sit on the side that says we're going to fail or what are you going to do hey what are you going to do if you need money in between and things are getting tough you'll pick up a job right not a big deal you're not failing you're not succumbing you're doing what needs to be done with all your skills and everything you already have, right? Um, but give yourself that chance. And, and to that point that I saw in the chat, I want people to leave with, even though I hope they join for the other sessions as we dive into some of these concepts and stories, what makes you realize in your personal life um, the, and in your professional journey. The main thing there is whenever you get the feeling from somebody else or your ego tells you that somebody else is thinking that you're too much, because we tell ourselves that we're too much, more than enough times. They don't even need to tell us anymore. You need to, at that point, one way to do it. Some people say, you know, the F you aspect of it, right? Let it go, you know, F them, right? The other side of it really is, I'm not too much. And you're also not too much. We're all enough. And I'm, I'm seeing that. And just, that's it. No drama, to your point. No drama, right? In your stress mess what was it? Stress, mess, um, abuse, something, drama, right? That's a very critical point. Well, I think the show has ended. So I'm going to go ahead and close it out. Um, I hope you guys join for the next few classes um, that are going to happen every week, Saturdays. Talk to you guys all soon. It was great talking to you here.